Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the number one podcast in the Southeast. I'm your co-host, Rocky, and I'm joined by Matt. How are we doing, Matt? Good, mate. Good, good. How about you? Very good. I'm good, mate. Uh, it's hay fever season, so I'm not doing too well. <laughs> but... No, I feel you. The nose is already blocked. And trust, yeah, it's not COVID. Yeah. It's not COVID. It's just, it's just hay fever. No, no, definitely not COVID. Um, so we're just gonna just gonna get straight into it. Um, we've actually we've got a special guest that we'll uh, mention later on. Um, he's a big one, isn't we... he? It's a, oh, it's he's a pretty big. He's a... pretty big. Yeah, he's pretty big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, very, it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, it will be. So yeah. uh, good to hear his opinions on uh, his team later but for now we'll push on to the trade news so so we have a mountain of trade news we 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 literally have a mountain of stuff but we'll try and push through it um you know as quick as possible Mm -hmm. um well so first off we've got hewitt to carlton you know another another inside midfielder just to add to the depth of Carlton so that's a good uh pickup for them I'm not actually sure what compensation they'll get or Sydney will get I read that they'll receive a second round or end of end of round two compensation something yeah yeah I read that too but we don't know exactly what that is at the moment yeah yeah um and then also Adam Chera has finally nominated the Blues as his preferred destination so pick six will probably most likely be in that trade so that's a another good get for Carlton that's a bit of quality on the outside um, yeah. bit of, uh, it's it's incentivized by a bid to return home from from Chera. So good to see that he gets his wish. Um, then we got the the Mason Cox Levi Casbolt Darcy Fort linked to Brisbane as the Eric Hipwood stopgap player for next season, as uh, he'll miss most of the ACL. Um, look, if you had the choice. To take your, you know, three worst foods that you've ever picked and put <laughs> and eat them in like and and have them with like the nicest thing you've ever had. Like, it's just gonna not work out either way. But it's like, which one's yeah. the least worst? And to be honest, I just think Cox Cox would be the one to go with. But I honestly, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Not gonna <laughs> lie. I like, mean, it's, it's Eric Kipwood. Like yeah. he's no. He's no big name. I mean, he's good. He's very good, no doubt. But we're trying to replace him with Cox, Darcy Ford. Come on now. By Kaspol. Like, Cox is like, look, I don't, look, I'm not going to roast, I'm not going to roast players. I'm not going to do that. But it's like, you know, I mean, you know what I'm trying to say. I don't Yeah, I, I know. I think everyone knows what we're trying to say. But like, yeah. Look, I just, I think we just stick with Fullerton, invest in other areas in the draft. Yeah. That's the best we're gonna have to um, do. Lipinski requests a trade to Collingwood. Um, yeah, Paddy Lipinski. Oh yeah. no, because Paddy Paddy Lipinski is an interesting one because I Collingwood's trade period is going to be very interesting for me because I don't know how much you have read into it, but they're obviously going to have to use draft points on picking up Nick Dacos. So for those who don't know how the draft works, each draft pick is evaluated at like a certain points level. Like I can't remember everything off the top of my head, but like pick one's 3,000 points, pick two's Mm 2,400. So Nick Dacos is a product of the Collingwood Academy. So Collingwood are able to match any bid on him. 
it's interesting because Collingwood, so it, they think that Nick Dacos will be picked two, which means that Collingwood will have to spend 2,400 draft points on him. At this present moment, going into the trade period, Collingwood only have 2,100 draft points. Two, yeah, around that 2,100 mark. Um, and there are a lot of low picks as well. So I don't know how they're going to pick up Lipinski, Kruger, and figure out this way how to get Dacos done. But True, yeah. Um, it's Lipinski is definitely worth it because a lot of footy pundits have uh, rated him as a, a potential top five player in the BNF next season. So if Collingwood could get their hands on him, it'll be a major pickup. But I just think the way that yeah, Collingwood have got to like manage getting Kruger and um, and Lipinski and try and figure out how to get Dacos while also trying to figure out how to get salary cap space to get Darcy Moore, Braden Maynard and Jordan Degoe contracted could be very interesting to see how they manage all that. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah, that is pretty interesting. Um, move on to, so Mabich Hall, he signed with Gold Coast. Um, I think that's really good for him. I, I hope he'll get more playing time because um, obviously um, at Richmond, he, yeah, he didn't get much uh, playing time. So obviously going over to Gold Coast, um, for, how long is he going there for? Like four years or something? Three or four, four. years. Yeah, three or four years. So, so yeah, hopefully he'll get some more playing time over there. Uh, Kelly to Essendon has been confirmed. He signed a three-year deal, which is good. I'm not going to go into too much about it. He's a, he's a pretty good defender. Um, very, very underrated, I'd say. And, yeah, he's a good pickup for us. Um, Clark to Frio. So, Geelong, they wanted a top 20 pick, but Frio only... But Frio are only offering uh, pick 27. Well, that's an interesting one because Geelong are, are funny in the fact that they don't rate their young kids because they won't give them a game. But then when it comes to, like, getting rid of them or mm -hmm. trading them out, they're all of a sudden, like, the best player in the league. Because, like, Jordan Clark yeah, cannot yeah. <laughs> be a top 20... Jordan Clark cannot be a top 20 pick based off how much he's played. He, like, it's it's just, inter like, really, really weird on how all of a sudden they're the best player in the league when they want to get traded out. But come, if he stays or if someone else stays, they they can't crack into the 22. So, you know, I think it's a bit double standard by Geelong. But, hey, that it's them yeah, running yeah. it. So we, we can't really you know, yeah. criticise them too much. But it's just interesting to see how they can't get a game, but all of a sudden they're the best player in the league no, and agree, they're going to yeah. get traded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Eagles, they're keen on bringing in Jordan Sweet from the Doggies. Um, so with the retirement of Nathan Vardy, he'll be a good rock cover for them. Um, McPherson could be bound to North Melbourne. And then... Uh, Okay, so this one, so Dunstan. So yeah. So we put that he would be a good pickup for Fremantle and Essendon. So well, just personally. Yeah, what do you, what Essendon do you think? If you picked standpoint. him up from Essendon, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't think we actually need him. Like like he's an elite midfielder and you know he should find a problem, you know, in finding another club. But because Essendon, we've got like we've got enough players for the midfield, right? So, and we've got some really talented young guys that I think we'd rather um, bring up 
rather than bring in someone who's already experienced, thus leaving out some young fellas as a side who who starred this season. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, and I think our coach Rotten, he said, I, I'm pretty sure they considered it, but I don't think they'll actually go ahead with it. Yeah. Um, if we do, I think I'd be pretty surprised, but I just don't, I just don't see us doing well, it. The only thing I see is that you don't really have like a defensively minded midfielder, you know, who, you know, that tackle pressure, you don't, you don't have that type of player, don't you? Um, oh no, we, we've got a, f- well, yeah, we don't, I guess we don't have like a defensive midfielder, but yeah, yeah. But I would guess you, in terms of, yeah. But yeah, but that could, he could fill that need. So would you reconsider true, that? Yeah. Because if you like, what in your opinion, what's Essendon's starting midfield three? Uh, Merritt, Merritt, Parrish, and maybe, oh, maybe not Archie Perkins because he's young, but Devin Smith, maybe, yeah, maybe those are three. I just feel like, oh, Shield, Shield, I forgot about him. As your starting midfield three. As your midfield Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay, so Marcus Bontempelli, you're playing, you're playing the Bulldogs this week. Marcus Bontempelli goes into the midfield. Marcus Bontempelli likes to play ahead of the stoppage like so many other players do in the league. Who's stopping him from your midfield? No one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm yeah. Kidding. Okay. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, look, I think, I mean, yeah, true. If we do bring him in on that grounds um, as a defensive midfielder, then it'll be good, but yeah, I just don't think that Rutten is like, or like Essendon is actually properly interested in getting him over there. Um, but yeah, look, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. He could, yeah, we also mentioned that he could go, that he could go to Frio as well. Um, yeah, free. I just want to quickly yeah. mention Frio Randall because they were ranked 16th in the comp last year for um, pressure in the midfield. So that's a combination of like pressure acts, tackles. Um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I think yeah. that Dunstan, he could feel like, you know, as that tackle pressure midfielder could really help Fremantle take their game to the next level. Um, and they're coming into... And, and the thing is that everyone forgets this guy's only 25, 26 years old. So he's got plenty of football left. So he can join a team that's in the in the age demographic or in the premiership window because he's probably experienced enough to play in a premiership team. But he can also join like a team that's coming up because he's still got five years of good football ahead of him. So mm-hmm. he's got, he's in that sweet spot where, you know, he can play in different roles in different teams. And to be honest, I'm surprised St. Kilda let him go, but they have. So Yeah, I'm surprised too. I, th- I think when uh, when the news broke out, everybody was like, what what were they thinking? But yeah, especially yeah. He should find especially with the second else. yeah, and the, and the second half of the season he had, he was getting like twenty touches a game, you know, a couple yeah. of tackles a game. Like, how, how much more can you ask from the poor bloke? Like, he's done so well to break into that yeah, strong facts. midfield at the St Kilda, and then you know, no, hundred percent, well. I agree. Yeah, like letting him go was a really big mistake. Um, and it might come back to bite them next season. But we move on. So Tom Lynch, he signed as a coach for North Melbourne. And and he can play some games as well. So he's a coach and he can play games. Yeah. So they've, Is that they've, how it works? 
Yeah, they've listed him as a player, but he's going to be like a development coach. So he's on the list as like a Tyson Gold sack from this year for, for Port Adelaide. He's on the list. Yeah. He'll play some VFL games, maybe a couple of AFL games. I'm not sure how his contract is, but he'll play a couple of games, but he's mainly there for a development coach. Um, and similarly, Alex Rance signs for you guys as a, you know, development coach slash player yeah. as well. That's um, got to be a great yeah, pickup. So oh, that is, it's, it's really good. Um, he's just going to be focusing on like the key position players and, and the players from the Jack Jones Academy, which is like first to fourth year players. So that's, that's like mainly his role. And yeah, he'll be focusing on the, the younger blokes um, and helping them develop, which is, which is huge. Really, really huge for Essendon. But yeah, yeah. No, especially with the lack of key backs you guys have. Would you, would you play him? If you could, would you play him? Yeah, of course. I mean, he's 32, so he wouldn't have a lot in him, but... Yeah, but, I mean, just just for uh, ex- ex- experience-wise, he'd be he'd be great, you know? Oh, he's for probably him, better yeah, than what you've him. got at the moment. Yeah, probably. I, I think, yeah, like, it, it's just his, ex- his experience will add a lot. Like, let's just say he plays... Like, let's just say we put him in a game against, like, Gold Coast or something. I don't, just, I don't just think, an example. I don't think he could mm. play. I don't think he actually, I'm going to quickly jump in. I don't think he can play for the AFL team. He can play for the VFL, but I don't think he's going to play AFL. I think he'll, yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll be in the VFL team here and there. And then, yeah, but he'll add a lot of experience. He'll add a lot of, because, um, like, he even said that he enjoyed coaching the young fellas when he, when he played, like, in a little uh, practice game earlier. Last year, He yeah, said yeah. that he really enjoyed that. And so, and so, yeah. Obviously, that's led to his new role. And of course, Rotten. He was uh, under the coaching of Rotten as well. So that lured him to Essendon. Yes. So now I've seen something floated. This is actually this morning. I saw something floated that a Tom move, a Tom Mitchell move to Richmond. Now, um, what they're saying is, is that Tom Mitchell could move to Richmond for something around the pick seven and, and a couple of more picks. I reckon that could be a beneficial trade. I know someone is going to absolutely hate it. Um, shout out to Lockie Mack. You'd, I don't think you'd actually rate having Tom Mitchell there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. He, he He's not the biggest Mitchell fan, but I think he'd be happy, but not as happy. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. point is, is that he could move, helps Richmond because they were the worst team for clearances last year in the comp, which for a premiership team is quite surprising, but also helps Hawthorne kickstart that rebuild pick seven along with their pick three, no, pick four, I think. That's what they've got at the moment. So two high draft picks for Sam Mitchell to go take to the draft with, um, you know, the the quality that's in the draft at the moment. Could be, because to be fair, they're saying it's a, a... I've heard conflicting views because some people are saying this is a weak draft compared to other years. Others are saying it's pretty good. So could be interesting yeah, to see. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, we got I don't Jake's, know anything about that. We've got um, Jake Saligo in this draft period, so. Oh, yeah, true. No, like, I, yeah, I don't know anything about that. I think I've read something on one of the, the trade pages that we um, have a look at. Uh, they said that it's like a potential like, you know, Tom Mitchell going to Richmond or something. But, but yeah, I don't know too much about that. But obviously, you've got your connections and whatnot. Um, so, 
we will go on to some general news now. Mm. So uh Neville Jetta has retired. Yeah. So what are your what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um he his on tri- on field co- contributions have been good, no doubt. Not great. Like he's he's played a, a pretty good amount of games and he's always been a good player, but I think the the thing that will be lost will actually be his off-field contributions. So, you know, the the relationship between the AFL and the Indigenous communities and getting Indigenous players to come play um, yeah. AFL, I think he's been vital yeah. for that for that relationship. So, he definitely will be missed. Whether he comes back as a you know a bit of a an ambassador or takes more of an off-field role, I think his days were done anyway. Like Melbourne's defense, we we're talking about it last week. Are just you know. That, that's Melbourne's yeah. best part. So he probably wasn't cracking to that team, but it's good to see that, you know, he he goes off with a premiership win and, you know, has that yeah. accolade and, under his belt. You know, yeah, 100%. And he's done a lot, as you said, for the Indigenous community. He was part of the uh, the AFL Players Association Indigenous board or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, obviously he's made a difference, which is um, good. Um, we're going to move on to best and fairest now. Um, yeah, well, just quickly as well, Lockie, Lockie Henderson's also retired. So, um, you know, that's a, a first, yeah. first of probably many that are uh, going to be leaving the retirement home at some point over the next couple of years. So, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. yeah, the, the wheels are going to fall off at that club. I think we're not, we're not going to go too much into that. We'll, We'll talk about that at the Geelong season review, but I think they're at the point where the, the wheels are going to start falling off. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, best and fairest. So Yes, we're going to quickly just go through the best and fairests for each club. I mean, just if you've got any objections with probably who's... I mean, most of these look pretty good. Um, there's a couple uh, that I'd say are a bit contentious, but, you know... If there's any that okay, seem like... go through them and then tell. Well, yeah. So Adelaide, we've got Rory Led. Rory Led. I think that that's set in stone. Rory Led was their yeah, best player. Set in stone. Perfect. Yeah. Beyond doubt. Dane Zorko for Brisbane. Um, probably not to be honest. Lions. So who 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 should have? Okay. Jared Lyons, McCluggage. Yeah. Maybe even Daniel Rich yeah. was a bit of an outside chance, but yeah, Zorko was good, but I don't think this was his best year. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, Jack Crisp for for Collingwood. I think that's fair, but I do want to note that Jordan DeGoe somehow finished fourth behind Braden Maynard and Scott Pendlebury. Like, this guy was averaging yeah, 30 disposals in the back half since, like, the bye to the end of the season. He was getting 30-plus touches a game, and he finishes fourth. Like, how? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. I... Um... I was really surprised. Like, I thought Jordan DeGaulle would be higher. I thought, yeah, I just didn't expect Chris to win it, which was really surprising, but... Well, it's his first one, yeah. too, but yeah. Yeah. Merritt. Well, congrats to him, so... Yeah, yeah, Merit, kudos, yeah, kudos to him. Zach Merritt, for you guys. Yeah, I uh, deserved... Like, I saw a lot of people saying Parish Rob, but no, because... Um, Merrick was consistent. like consistent throughout yeah. the whole season. Um, not saying that Parrish wasn't, it's just that he got tagged a lot of games, so his impact was uh minimal. So so yeah, Merrick deserves it consistent all season. 
Yeah. Uh, Sean Darcy for Fremantle. Yeah, him or the only pro- the other person I'd probably consider giving it to would probably be David Mundy. But Sean Darcy, I'm I'm happy with yeah. that. He he finished uh, what second was it? Yeah, second. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But Tom Stewart for Geelong. Yep. Fair call. Their defence was shambles yep. without him. So hundred percent. Um. Yeah. Jack Henry had a, a late push. Jack Henry had a late push for that Stewart one. He lost out by two votes, but. True, Tom Stewart yeah. deserved that one. Duke Miller, I, I don't think either of us are going to have an objection with that. It's just, no. <laughs> he was goated this year. He just took his game to another yeah, level. Yeah. He was amazing. 100%. 100%. Uh, Josh Kelly. Um, I'm just trying to think. JWS. I don't think maybe maybe Toby Green's a shout, but I think Josh Kelly, easy. Yeah. Yeah, I think Josh Kelly deserves that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Toby Green had a really good season, but Josh Kelly had a great. A really, yeah. really good season. Uh, Tom Mitchell. Um, yeah, I, I'd say yeah. That, that's fair. I mean, <laughs> problem with Hawthorne is all the good players kept getting injured. They've got you know, Jago Mira, Chad Wingard. Yeah. All these guys are just injured half the time. So, yeah, Tom Mitchell. Tom Mitchell, he's probably back to as close as he's gotten post his injury to that, like, 2018 Brownlow winning season. Like, that Yeah, form. agreed, yeah. So, this, this season was his best since his injury. Uh, Jai Simkin. First one, um, yeah, I think that's fair. I think Cunnington, yes. Cunnington is their best player, and if Cunnington had stayed fit the entire season, he would have won it. But Simkin, yeah. he he also finished uh, second as well. Yeah, he got a bit emotional. Did you see that speech where he got a? I bit did. Emotional? Yeah, I, I did. I think it's good because you know he's been struck down by a few personal medical things, and yeah, um, you know, like. To go through all that and then still finish second in your club, you know, I think it's it's a big achievement for him. So yeah, so yeah, yeah and, really and, play, and people forget that these guys are still human too. So they've got personal lives, stuff that's going on behind the scenes that we don't always know about. So um, good on good on uh, Cunnington, but also good on Jai Simkin, uh, Ollie Wines. No, <laughs> no, no, I don't think he deserved it. To be honest, I don't think um, he deserves it. I think should have been. Todd Marshall. Tra- Trav- Boak or someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Todd, Todd yeah. Marshall should have won that one. Oh, no, Darcy Byrne Jones. Darcy Byrne Jones is pretty good. <laughs> um, no, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Darcy Byrne Jones. Okay. Darcy Byrne Jones should have won Port. Um, Dylan Grimes for Richmond. I mean, everyone had a down year, but Grimes was the least down, if that makes sense. So, like, he was the best of like a struggling yeah. team. So, yeah, that that, makes sense. yeah. Uh, I'd give that. Jack Steele, the one man midfield at St. Kilda. Should mm-hmm. be two with Luke Dunstan, but hey, what can you do? But not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Parker. Luke Parker for Sydney. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say deserved. I mean, deserved. it's going to be interesting next year because apparently uh, John Justin, uh, Justin, John Longmire wants to add Isaac Heaney back into that midfield, obviously, because he'll have a full preseason oh, yeah, without yeah, the injury. Yeah. He, he yeah. I tell you what, Isaac Heaney is going to be a gun next year. Everyone, watch this space. I Isaac agree, Heaney. yeah. Isaac, mm-hmm. Isaac Heaney, I'm calling it now, potential Brownlow Smokey. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Isaac Heaney could be next year's Brownlow medal winner. He was amazing I, in the... He, he His ability to hit the score in the... Like, hit the scoreboard in the forward line while he's playing as a key for... He kicked four goals in the second half of that final against Jedowas, single-handedly nearly won them the game. Could you imagine if he could do that 
once in a while and still get like 25 touches in the midfield. True that. He's going to be that, yeah. amazing. This guy is yeah. potentially, I'm calling it now, could potentially win the Brownlow next year. Um, Nat yep. Nui for Eagles. Deserved. I mean, yeah, that that's deserved. I mean, I, have, I mean, have you seen that um the front bar clip where they go, oh, is there anywhere on the field you couldn't tap it to? And then he goes, yeah, probably Liam Ryan in the forward pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen he's that. probably yeah. he's probably being realistic because this guy is like amazing. <laughs> his ruck work, like man, man should probably be playing basketball, but his only problem is his fitness. But hey, Nat Nui, easy yeah. win. Um, Bontempelli, I mean, he came second in the Brownlow, but I reckon McRae should have won it. I'm joking. No, no, no. Bon, Bon, <laughs> Bon easily. I went quiet because I wasn't sure if you're being serious. I was like, wait. Yeah, no, no, no. no oh, yeah, um, bon deserves 100%. Bon, Bon should win that one. I mean, McRae would have gone close, but you know. But yeah, we're going to transition. Yes, but we are now going to transition into talking about the Bulldogs. So. We are moving on to uh, season reviews. So as our viewers know, every single week we will be reviewing um, a, a footy team. So last week we, we reviewed Melbourne because obviously they won the grand final. And this week we are re- reviewing the, the runners-up. And of course, we've got a, a little bit more of a, a special guest uh, uh, this week. Uh, we've got uh, the Bev Show on. Uh, so yeah, first of all, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Uh, sorry, coming onto the, the podcast. And um, yeah, so we just want to know, how did you get started with the Bev Show? Thanks for having me on, fellas. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, funny story. Yeah, I sort of started uh, doing a bit of live streaming, uh, sort of post the Dogs 2016 premiership, actually. Um, that's sort of when it all started. And People seem to tune in and like it. So it sort of started at that point and then um, progressed through and started doing some other different types of content. So, the, you know, the hurricanes and the, and the dogs and, and showing my passion for them. And, uh, and here we are a few years later. So um, it's, all, it's all worked out pretty well, to be honest. And I'm very lucky that uh, there's many people that, uh, that follow and, and watch, watch my content. Yeah, exactly. So... What yeah. what was it about the Bulldogs? So was there like a backstory or is there something that made you pick the dogs or is it just luck of the draw? Yeah. Yes. Uh, simple, simple answer. Um, my dad goes for the dogs. So that's where I got it from. And uh, yeah, just sort of did the old, uh, yeah, support the same team as my dad. And uh, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change, uh, wouldn't change who I support. I love the dogs, have a, have a big passion for them. And, and um, yeah, they're a, they're a good club. Club, a, a great club to support. So, um, yeah, got it from my dad. Awesome. Yeah, because they enjoyed a bit of success, so you'd, you'd be pretty happy with how everything's gone over the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, the highs and the lows. I mean, I remember sort of when I was younger, 2008, 2009, uh, 10, that sort of era, we were losing prelims against St Kilda and, and then tw- and then Luke Beveridge came along and then 2016 came along and... and um, then all of a sudden I was witnessing a premiership. So, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely been uh, highs and lows, but I think you get that with any club you support, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think we've we've, we've all experienced uh, our heartaches, I know, for myself. Absolutely. The last five, six years before <laughs> our run for the last three were just terrible with, you know, constant bottom four finishes. But, you know, we're, we're up there now and Essendon are, are up on the rise. So... 
I think we're all pretty happy hope, with hope, how our hopefully, clubs are doing. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, yeah, because um, exactly. yeah, all I've, all I've experienced is heartbreak so far, and like even when, even when we make finals, I'm like, yeah, look, it's not it's not looking too good, but I don't want to speak about it; it'll hurt my heart. So, anyways, um, we'll go into your reaction and your thoughts on the grand final. So, obviously, it wasn't what you wanted, but yeah, so so so, um, what do you what, what are your thoughts on the grand final? How how did you see it all play out? It was a cracking match for three quarters, and and the thing that probably disappoints me the most, besides the fact that we lost, was it was a seventy point seventy four point losing margin in the end to the Western Bulldogs, which I don't think really reflects on how good the game actually actually was. You know, obviously the dogs were leading by nineteen points earlier on in that third quarter, so. Yeah, what, what sort of happened in the sort of last minute of the third quarter to the last quarter was was pretty disappointing and the way we lost was was disappointing. But um, yeah, I, I, it is what it is, I suppose. Um, I mean, no one likes to lose a grand final, but um, what can you do as a supporter? But um, all I can say is, I mean, the way they got there was, you know, extraordinary um, given the last three games of the season. And so to, to get to the... To get to the grand final is an achievement in itself, and it's yeah, it's disappointing they uh they didn't go all the way and and lift the cup in the end. But um, hopefully they've I know I know it's a newer sort of group compared to 2016, so hopefully they've had a taste of it now playing in a grand final, and hopefully that uh, motivates them moving forward into next season and beyond. Yeah, exactly. So um, now that we've kind of you know, got got to know you a bit, and the audience has got to know you, we'll push on to you know. 2021 Bulldogs. So if you were to point out the best player for the season, I know this is really difficult, best player for the season, who would it be? I think it has to be Marcus Bond and Pelly. I mean, second in the in the Brownlow. Um, if it wasn't for the last three or four games, he probably would have won it. Um, he just won his fourth uh, Charlie Sutton medal the other day. So um, he's had an outstanding year and he's captain as well. So he's really stood up as, as the leader of that Football club, so I don't know what you guys think. I don't know if you agree, but uh, yeah, Marcus Bonapelli for for me, he's been the clear standout. Yeah, we we did talk about it a little bit earlier. We had um, we were going through the best and fairest, and we're saying Marcus Bonapelli fully deserved the Bulldogs ones. I mean, you had a few other good players as well. You know, Jack McRae played really well Absolutely. this season. Uh, we could even put down Alex Keith. He had a, a, like one of his career best years. But yeah, it was without a shadow of a doubt Bonapelli for for us. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Pelly. Uh, move on to the next one. Uh, surprising player. Tough one, tough one. I reckon you could sort of pick out a few. Um, probably one to mind, One the, the standout that comes to my mind is Bailey Dale. Um, he yeah. used to be a forward. He used to play in the forward line. Um, never really made his mark in into the, into the team until this year when Bebo made a, a pretty good move to move into the half back line. And he's had an outstanding year and it's resulted in him um, making the All-Australian team, which I think is just phenomenal for a, for a player that has just recently switched to a new position. So for me, it's Bailey Dale. Like I said, you could probably um, point out a few, but um, yeah, to, to change positions at the start of the year and then make the All-Australian team, that's that's got to be outstanding in itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you could probably almost say um, Bailey Smith with his his finals campaign. Like Absolutely. that was nothing short yeah. of stellar. Um, now, pushing on to maybe disappointment's a bit harsh, but a play that was a bit, you know, 
under par for what you expected going into this season? If any. Oh, that's a that's a tough one. What did you guys say? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, we, to be honest, there's a few teams at the top, especially you guys, that we didn't really think had any, you know, subpar players. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't really think of any. I mean, you had you had some patches where some players weren't really, you know, performing as well as they could. But in terms of an overall season, I'm not really sure I have any. Yeah, it's a tough one. I can't. Yeah, I can't really think of anyone. I mean, you could. No, probably. I was going to say Tim English. Maybe in the ruck, he was a bit disappointing at times this season. But overall, contested marking, he's um, he's pretty good. Maybe, maybe Jason Johannesson. Uh, maybe. Um, you know, he's obviously one of Norm Smith in 2016. Probably dropped off a bit since then. Uh, yeah, it's all I can really think of at the at the moment. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one when, especially yeah, when you, you make a grand final, you can't really, yeah, you can't really pick out a certain player that was disappointing. Um, there might be some players that maybe lacked a bit of consistency, but um, yeah, hard on that one. It's a good question, though. It is, yeah, um, yeah. Um, best win and moment of the season for the Bulldogs. Probably the best win would have to be, um, this is throughout the whole season, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, it would have to be the Port Adelaide the Port Adelaide win in the preliminary final. Um, not yeah, many people yeah. expected us to uh, no. go to Adelaide Oval, given given the interstate travel that we would that we had done, and also given the fact that Port Adelaide, they're at their home ground, they hadn't even left the, the state during that final series. They beat us in round 23. So not many people expect us to win that game, and... We not only won it, we we came out and won it in the first quarter. I mean, that start was ridiculous. So yeah, that would have to be the best the best win, I think, for for sure. There's been a few good wins this season, but um, that would have to be the the clear standout. What what did you guys say? Yeah, no, that um, one easily. Yeah. Oh, I'll let you go, Rocky. Sorry. Yeah, like um, with that Port Adelaide, I, mean, I probably agree with you. Like you guys didn't train much. Um, we're in quarantine. Uh, you know, so. And to come out and absolutely obliterate them on Port's home turf was really, really amazing. But yeah, so yeah, that was probably your best win of the season. Yeah, and it comes at a, it comes at a good time. You play some of your best footy during the prelim final, so you know, yeah, it's good. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was going to go a bit different. I was going to say I'm just mixing it up because of you guys. I was going to say your North Melbourne, your North Melbourne win, like really early on in the season, where yeah. you just absolutely smashed them. I think that was the first game where Adam Trelaw really made his mark with those two uh, centre clearance goals. Um, so it, that was like when you established yourselves as firm contenders for this year. And I mean, it was probably your easiest win against a team that was struggling at the start of the season, but you you just dominated the entire game and made yourselves look really good. So that was probably, for me, your best win. Um, in terms of worst loss, maybe not necessarily loss, but like worst moment for you, for the season, if any? Um, I'll give you two. I'll give you a heartbreaking loss, and I'll give you one that, oh, well, obviously the grand final. Um, that's mm. probably the worst. That was actually our, our biggest um, biggest loss of the season in, in the grand final. So I'd probably have to say that one, although, yeah, we, we I mean, we we're good for a couple of quarters, but probably that other game against Melbourne as well, that that one earlier in the season, um, we just never we just never got into the game. Um and then probably the most heartbreaking loss was probably the Geelong game, where we we mm. we um, 
we were leading with about 30 seconds to go or before the 30 seconds to go mark and then Gary Rowan somehow inside 50 by himself marks the footy you know what happens next uh, wins yeah. the game kicks it through so that that was a that was a pretty heartbreaking loss and also given we we, we rarely win at GMHBA I thought that was going to be the moment we were finally going to break through and win it at Canidia Park but uh, but not to be so yeah there's probably a, a couple um not sure what you guys think um I'm sure you have similar views. Yeah, those two are good. I was going to go for the worst mail. I was actually going to say uh, Josh Bruce with his ACL. So uh, that okay, was, yep. yeah, so you guys, I mean, yep. that was before your loss, your three game loss uh, streak at the end of the season. That just had to shuffle everything around. Tim English played predominantly Sorry. forward and Lewis Young was all of a sudden turned into your, your number one ruck with no Steph Martin. I think maybe it could have been a different story. I don't think Josh Bruce would contribute a 74-point deficit to the team, but I just think he's he was, especially with how well he was going this year, and he, was, he had 48 goals for the season when he when he went down. So I think that was just a big loss for you guys in general. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, he would have been, he would have been very handy uh, out there during the finals uh, series, and I guess that's what's even more remarkable is we're probably missing our best best key forward of the of the season during the finals. So, you know, to get get to the grand final in that in that perspective is pretty good. But um yeah, no, he was a he was a big loss. Would have loved to see him out there in grand final, that is for sure. Hundred percent, yeah. Um just before we go on to the next thing, uh if you hear some background noise, uh we live in Melbourne, of course. I know uh you live in Tassie, but here in Melbourne the weather is horrible. Um, and it's raining right now. So if, there's, if you hear Likewise. a little noise, we apologize to our guests and uh, the audience. But anyways, um, we go on to the next one. So season great. Uh, we kind of kind of figured what whereabouts you'd place your team this year. But yeah, so season grade for, for the season. I'd probably say uh, a B. Is that is that how we're grading? Yeah, letter grade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, B B for me probably or B plus I reckon. Like I think the way I look at it is at the start of the season I was sort of thinking, okay, if the dogs can make the eight, win a final, um, that's probably good enough for me. So they exceeded my expectations. They not only made the eight, won a final, they were in the top two for a majority of the season. Obviously, they didn't get, they didn't finish there in the end. Um, and then you know the the final series they had, they. You know, they were pretty much underdogs in every game they played during the final series, albeit maybe the Essendon game, and they, yeah. they managed to to win all of those games and get through to the grand final. So the way they got to the grand final was pretty special. So for me, it's a, it's a B. Um, obviously, there's a, there's always some room for improvement, um, but um, hopefully they can... Well, I guess next year they're probably going to be they're probably going to be graded a little bit more harshly um, if they if they don't get back to the, the grand final next year. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. And there's there's so many other teams as well. So you can you'd forgive yeah. that, you know, you guys didn't have the highest of expectations going into to this season, but I mean you exceeded all of it and you you had a great season. So what what's next for the Bulldogs? So if you were say Luke Beveridge and you're looking at this team, are you thinking what what team improvements, what trade targets are you looking at this year? I think defensively we need to be better. I think there were there were times where we were uh, opened up a bit in our defence. Um, obviously, Alex Keefe is is one is our important defender, um, our most important defender. Uh, Bailey Williams is good. Easton Woods probably closer to the end, 
Uh, not sure about Zane Cordy. I thought Ryan Gardner was was one huge improvement this season um, with the footy that he played. He was had a bit of an injury-interrupted season, but thought he was really good in that Essendon game. I thought he was stiff to, to miss out on playing in the grand final. Uh, so, yeah, probably defensively for me, um, I know Tim O'Brien's been been linked uh, today. So um, whether he comes in, he's versatile, so he can play forward and defence, although he would probably have to play defence. Um, I think we're pretty much set in the midfield, and I think we're pretty much set in the forward line as well. Like we've got Bruce to come back, Norton, uh, Jamari Hagen, he's going to be a star once um, he's matured a little bit. Uh, obviously, Sean Darcy coming in. There's probably a few others as well. So, yeah, defensively for me would be where I would be looking at if I was Luke Beveridge, and I'm very sure he's probably looking at the defence anyway. So he probably doesn't need me to tell him. I'm sure he's uh, he's looking anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Because, I mean, you were – I mean, you are a bit light on with probably tall defensive options. Yeah. I'm not sure how tall Bailey Williams is off the top of my head. But that's what surprised no, me. No, he's he's not really a tall defender, isn't he? He's no, like he's a, probably a, he's size. probably more of a medium sort of interceptive sort of defender. Yeah, um, he's really good though. I, th- I think he's one of the more underrated defenders, maybe in the competition, but more so in the dogs uh, lineup. Yeah. So, but yeah, probably like key defenders. I think besides Alex Keefe, we we probably lack. And like I said, I'm not I'm not sure about Dane Cordy at the moment. Ryan Gardner's got the potential. Is there someone else to come in? Maybe. Um, well, I just yeah. thought it was interesting with your grand final lineup that you didn't, because I was saying to uh, to people around here that um, I thought for you guys to win the game, you guys had to actually roll with all three. I was saying that the Bulldogs would have had to roll with all three of them. So Cordy, Keith and Gardner. Because I just thought that, you know, Eastern Wood and uh, Bailey Williams probably weren't good enough to take all three tools. So obviously you've got Ben Brown, Tom McDonald and Luke Jackson slash Max Gorn, whoever's not rucking. So I just thought it was interesting that he decided to only roll with the two rather than the three. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, I think maybe he might have. He probably, I, I guess it was out of, um, I guess Cordy was to come in and then maybe it was out of Shaki and and um, Gardner. And Shaki, he's become a little versatile this season. He's played a bit of defence. He did actually play defence in the last game against Melbourne. Um, and did a good job. So maybe that's that's what the thinking was: is keeping Shaki in the in the team. Not sure if he even went defence at any stage in the game um, a couple of I weeks think- ago. So so maybe that was the thinking. But I think I thought Gardner was quite stiff to miss out though, because I think this season he's actually been good in in patches where he's played. Obviously, he's had a couple of shoulder injuries this season. Yeah, because you were out. eight and one with him, weren't you? Before finals, I think that was your record. Yes, yes, yeah. I so think that- you're right. Yes, correct. Yeah, so that was like really interesting to see that, you know, he was the one to make yeah. way. But I mean, there's always going to be heartbreak with grand finals. And I mean, we're, we're forgetting Lathan Vandermeer as well, who unfortunately yeah. tweaked his hammy in the in the port game. So he was a, another one stiff to miss out. But, you know, um, and I, you, you've touched on this before, but goal for next season. So grand final again. Yeah, I'd like to see them get, get back there. Um, there's always that level of... Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, you got to have your fingers crossed, I think, because we have seen teams unable to recover from from lo- big losing margins in a grand final. I think Adelaide and GWS are perfect examples of that in recent years. But, I mean, I guess with the team they have and with some improvements, I think there's no reason why the Dogs can't be back there next year. And, and um, 
I mean, given they didn't even finish in the top four, I mean, if they can get into the top four and get a second chance, I mean, I'm sure that's going to help their cause a bit more next year, going to give them a bit more of a break, a bit more of a freshen up, I guess, Melbourne. That was the advantage of them a couple of weeks ago. They were probably a bit more fresh than the Dogs. Um, so, um, yeah, for, for me, I'd like to see them back on that uh, that last Saturday in September. That's probably going to be my expectation next year. So, which is, it's going to be tough, especially when you look at, you know, some of these teams coming through, like uh, the Bombers. I mean, I'll, you know, they'll they'll improve next year with another preseason under their belt. Sydney, you know, GWS were probably the ones that were unexpected to make the eight this season, but they did. And, and obviously you've got some teams outside as well. So um, it's not going to be easy to get back there next year, but um, that would be my expectation. Yeah, because especially, I mean, you're looking at the the lists and stuff. Next season, you could potentially have 13 teams pushing for finals. It's it's quite extraordinary how yes. we're going to try and create uh, crop this this 13 into eight. But you know, we'll uh, it's going to be a, a 2022 season is going to be a very interesting one. The Bulldogs will definitely play a major part in that. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. And I think, like I said, with the list they have and, and you know, they're still very much young. Um, yeah, they, they, they're definitely a chance to, to get back there next year. But obviously, you've got you to cross your fingers because it's not a certainty. Yeah, exactly. So I think that brings us to the, to the end of this episode. So I'd like to thank you again, Bev, for, for joining us and talking about your, your Bulldogs. Obviously, a very passionate supporter and uh, really excited and happy for you to, uh, to come on. So thank you for that. No worries. Uh, pleasure to be on and uh, thanks for having me. Can we get a, a quick doggies, doggies bark for, for the audience? <laughs> doggies, doggies, doggies. Bark, bark, bark. Go the doggies. There we go. We love to hear it. All right. <laughs> so you. that brings an end to the footy ramble. I'm your host, Matt and Rocky, and we've got special guests, The Bev Show. Thank you. <laughs>